Welcome to season two of the First Prez podcast. Last season was titled Gathered and Sent. It was all about our purpose and mission, being both gathered as the church to equip and encourage one another and sent to be the church in our neighborhoods, schools, and workplaces. This season, we're focusing on the five values that guide all of our decisions as a church. We believe that we are called to be disciple-making disciples of Jesus, who are biblically literate, spiritually formed, mission-focused, and gospel-fluent. So welcome to season two, Values and Direction. My friends, I am so glad that you are joining us through technology for today's worship service. Will you please bow your heads with me as we join together in prayer? Gracious God, mighty Father, King of kings, you are sovereign. You are holy. And we come before you eager for your word. We pray that you will speak through this sermon to hearts that are open, ears and eyes that are ready to receive. Lord God, come alive to us in your word. Shape us and form us to do the work of this kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, in the last three weeks, Chad has been sharing our five values, what our session and we as pastors believe will equip you and empower you to be disciple-making disciples who are biblically literate, spiritually formed, mission-minded, and gospel-fluent. And specifically, Chad has been preaching on what it means to be biblically literate, why it's important to know the Bible. In order to equip you, we continue offering several Sunday school classes and Bible studies with Zoom meetings that you can join through the church calendar on our website. And this week, we've kicked off 100 Days, where you can read the Bible with Chad, Beth, Travis, or me. And having been a Presbyterian my whole life, I know that you are up for the challenge to become biblically literate. As Presbyterians, we are good at head knowledge. God's word informs us. But gaining knowledge on a topic, well, if we don't do something with it, what good is that? What's the point of having worked so hard and learned so much if we're only increasing our own head knowledge? I ask you this because I've been that person. There were years when I was at the church every time it was open for a Bible study. Or I watched every video that a popular Christian speaker sold or I went up and down the aisles of a local Christian bookstore for just one more text. But so what? With all that head knowledge, what good would it be if there were no transfer from my head to my heart? If I didn't capture the text so that I might contain the wisdom that God imparted to me and let scripture truly impact what I say and what I do, well, what's the point? The Apostle Paul helps us understand. While Paul was in a Roman prison, he sent a letter to the church in Philippi. 
In this letter, he writes out his prayer for him. What a sweet gift at a time when he couldn't be physically present with this church. And today, we can receive the words of this prayer to better understand how we can use that knowledge to grow in our minds and make it captive in our hearts. In chapter one, beginning at verse nine, Paul writes, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Giving God all praise and glory, Paul requests that your love grows more and more in wisdom and insight so that you will be equipped and empowered to discern so that when Jesus returns on the day of his judgment, you'll be able to stand pure and blameless because you will have taken the steps necessary to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that ripens through Jesus the Christ. He prays for you to have wisdom and insight. Paul's not asking for God to give us knowledge that we would gain and we'd be kind of like Google or like the encyclopedia. It's not that kind of information and knowledge. The Greek word here for knowledge, epignosis. Epignosis. This word is used for knowledge throughout the New Testament. Pay attention though. The Greek word here for insight is aesthesis. Aesthesis. It's used one time. Throughout the entire New Testament, it's used this one time. And by itself, it could mean like perception or sensation. But Paul, in his unique way of writing, he pairs together insight and knowledge. He pairs together aesthesis and epignosis. And the meaning becomes discernment. That's more than just information. That's more than just awareness. Paul wants the Philippians and us to abound more and more with discernment from God in our decisions, in our daily living, in everything that we say, everything that we do. Paul expresses a desire for us to have heart knowledge so that our character is like Christ's. And during this process, we'd have that righteousness that bears fruit through the work of Jesus in our lives. Being spiritually formed bears these same marks as we grow more and more like Christ. You know, in those years when I was at the church for every Bible study, I think I did that because I was still searching for something deeper in my faith. I was trying to learn enough. I was trying to be good enough. What I really needed to do was receive God's forgiveness for me. And you know, it turns out he had already forgiven me 
like the first time that I asked him, but I hadn't been willing to receive it, to feel like I was somehow worthy of it. And now forgiveness is like a whole nother sermon for another day. And I really have a heart for teaching and preaching forgiveness. But I share this personal experience with you because when I finally stopped searching for it and I became willing to receive God's forgiveness, that experience prepared my heart and opened up a whole new world to me in spiritual formation. At Fuller Theological Seminary, I was blessed to learn about spiritual formation from the Reverend Dr. Kristen Huffman. Now, some of you may know her from Memorial Drive Prez, or you may know her from Curcio. I also learned from Dr. Eve Tibbs, another one of my professors. And then I had planned here at Kingwood that I would teach you some spiritual practices, you know, maybe beginning this fall, maybe a Wednesday night class every week. (laughs) Yeah, God has escalated my plan. (laughs) He has higher and greater thoughts. And so I've been able to share some of these with you weekly since Ash Wednesday back in February. We practice fasting. And since then we've done some self-care We've waged war against worry using the Holy Spirit's guidance. We've used some other practices, and I hope that you've been viewing them on our website. It's never too late to start. And over these weeks, if you've been asking, what is spiritual formation? What are these practices she's talking about? Where exactly is spiritual discipline mentioned in scripture? Well, you're not gonna find spiritual formation literally listed in the Bible. Just like we do not see the word Trinity anywhere in the text, but we know God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are present throughout. So it is with spiritual formation. Jesus models spiritual discipline for us every time that he goes away somewhere to pray. Throughout the gospels, Jesus pushes pause on daily life and he retreats to his heavenly father. And just like becoming biblically literate requires our action, so does spiritual formation. To become biblically literate, You have to be intentional about reading the Bible, about becoming a vessel for God's word, right? So it is with spiritual formation. To be formed spiritually, you have to be intentional about setting aside time for a spiritual practice and becoming even closer to God. Spiritual formation is an ongoing process and it develops the soul as we grow more and more into the image of Christ. It is intentional on our part, just like reading the Bible. It doesn't just happen. As believers, we make a conscious choice to spend time with God, to pray, to grow in our character, our thoughts, our attitudes, to be like Jesus. 
So let me show you in scripture what that looks like. As Mark read earlier from Romans chapter 12, verses one through eight, let's look at that. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. My friends, when we are willing to receive God's forgiveness, to receive his wisdom, to receive his discernment for us, that's when we become open and our hearts are prepared for growth. Our hearts are fertile ground for real transformation. God's word transforms us. When we seek God's will for our lives, we desire to be more like our savior. We ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, to guide us in how we should behave, what we should say, how we should think. Paul continues at verse three, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. When we are being spiritually formed, we do not think so much of ourselves, but of others. We allow God to work in the inmost dimension of our being, the heart. This is our spirit, this is our will. So through spiritual practices like we've been doing, like the journaling and the prayer walking, and when we were praying scripture, putting our names in the prayers, by doing that, we relinquish self and we intimately seek God. And then we desire to serve others as Jesus demonstrated for us, as he taught us to love our neighbor. Finally, in the last part of these verses, Paul writes, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. When our hearts are convicted to the importance of spiritual development, then we are continually 
transformed. And the things of this world become less important. And the result is this natural expression of our hearts to perform the service of Christ in the power of Christ. Just as the disciples did in the book of Acts, as the early church developed and transformed the world by sharing the gospel. So what? What's the point? What does all of this mean for your faith journey? Well, the ongoing process of spiritual formation takes place as God forms Christ's character in the likes of us, as believers, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This this lifelong process involves the transformation of our whole person, and it incorporates all of the five values that we have at First Pres. Gaining knowledge of God's story, becoming biblically literate, it's interwoven with being spiritually formed, transforming our thoughts, our behaviors, our very relationship with God. That's what makes us into disciples who make other disciples. Our lives become less about ourselves and more about relationships with other people as we desire to become mission-minded. And then as we serve others, we wanna be gospel fluent to share the kingdom of God with them. Spiritual formation addresses the whole person, including the mind and the heart, both the head knowledge and the heart knowledge. And because I know firsthand what that continual seeking of only head knowledge is like, I wanna make you aware of the fullness of the Christian life that is available to you. It's important that I provide experiences for you where that knowledge can move from your head to your heart. I invite you to participate in any of the spiritual practices available on the website to find at least one that resonates with your soul, that brings you even closer to God in a more intimate relationship with him. I encourage you to seek transformation and renewal through spiritual formation. And here's the big so what. God's word does not only inform us, God's word is meant to transform us. Amen. Oh, great and mighty God, heavenly Father, speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Grant us this discernment that we would know you personally and intimately. We would know your holy word and then transform us, spiritually shape us to be more and more like Jesus Christ. It is in his strong name that we pray, amen. 
Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website. You can also follow us on Facebook and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.